Hello and welcome in once again to Matt and Mike. This is episode number 19. Coming to you tonight uh, a little late, almost midnight here. Uh, but I got a pretty good show for you guys. I got I got a, a request to do some some UFC, so I'm going to do that at the end of the show. I got uh, I got posed the question as and I'm sure most of my followers and listeners know I am a Texas Longhorn fan, so I got posed the question uh, by a friend of mine guy who listens to the show a lot um about the whole horns up thing uh so i'm gonna cover that and and i told him that you know yes he wanted me to do a preview of the big 12 in football so i'm kind of gonna cover that but i'm gonna do a little different here because what i'm gonna do is i was looking through the preseason top 25 in college football and to me um i don't really like the way they do it uh, so I made my own top 25 list and I did it based on the way the teams finished last year, not based on who's leaving, what the potential of a team and, and so on and so forth, just solely based on the way that they finished the season and the momentum going into next season. Um, so I'm going to jump into that. I'm going to do my little, little take on the, the horns up and, and what I've heard as far as following with the new rules with that. And then I'm going to preview the fight, the headline fight for um, coming up in September the 7th uh, is Dustin Poirier and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. I believe I got that right. Um, So getting right to the college football, I'm going to jump into that. Um, Yes, like I said, I've seen a a lot of uh, like the the preseason lists has a lot of teams way up high and it has a lot of teams that I didn't quite agree with it. So I'm going to start at 25 and I'm going to run my way down to number one. Might not be too surprising at the top, but I'm going to have some teams. Yeah, maybe I should do it the other way. Let's do it. Let's start at one. We'll go to 25. How about that? Might have some surprises at the end instead of, you know, the usual suspects at one and two. So number one on my list, I got Clemson uh, in the top 25. Obviously they're the defending national champions. Um, to bring him back, uh, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, I mean, like I said, I wasn't, I said, I wasn't going to dwell too much on people to bring him back. The kid's a star. Dabo's an amazing, uh, coach. So Clemson's still number one because look, they won the national title. They're, they're the number one in the preseason polls as well. So the number one on my list, number two, Alabama, obviously, uh, was right there, and they're there every year. There's no reason to doubt that Nick Saban and the, and the Crimson Tide are not going to be back on top again. Uh, number three, I went a little different um, than what they have. I should have had a list of the actual top 25, what they had, but I didn't. So I'm, you know, generally unprepared. Number three, I have Ohio State. So uh, as people know that I'm not even a Ohio State fan, so this is not – this is literally solely based on how they finished last season. And 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 this is the thing. It's they finished the season the right way by, by running over Washington. Uh we ended up being a good game at the end, but uh yeah, domination. That that's what's I don't think look, programs like like the Ohio State University stay good and they're and they're gonna be good. It doesn't matter if if uh coaches come and go they're going to stay good so i got ohio state number three on my list the next team i put up here at number four is the florida gators now this one 
it, you know, it was a little, little risky for me. I thought, you know, probably, probably not the fourth best team in the country, but the way they finished the season, they looked like the fourth best team in the country. So whether they can keep that momentum going in the next season, who knows? But that's the thing. That's the thing with these preseason top 25 lists. Um, Okay, so you're projecting, and and this is what I'm trying to get at here, is that you want to hold teams out. Say UCF, right? You wanted to, they wouldn't let them climb the rankings because they didn't want to put them in the rankings early enough. But these teams, these smaller schools who finish the season in a good stance, should go into the next season already there. If they lose a game, fine, knock them out. You know, you, that's that's the thing. You can move people up and down as you please how they're doing. But they want to just put, like, you know, the main Power 5 schools in the top 25, even if they finish the season horribly. Like like Michigan. Michigan's high-ranked. Um, they're in my top 25, obviously, but they're not going to – they're, you know, they're not up here at the top because they finished the season getting pounded. So right now, they're, the way they ended the season, they're not – a top five team. So I have the Florida Gators there. Could change. They're in the SEC. They're obviously probably going to take some losses. And, you know, if they lose, drop them. Number five, I've got Texas because they, they are returning uh, the quarterback. And, again, I'm trying not to get too dwelled on who's returning. But Ellinger was amazing last year. Um, it seems like this team's kind of moving in the right direction. Um, and they beat, they beat Georgia. Uh, people can say what they want. Some say that Georgia wasn't all the way into that game. You can you can say that if you want. But uh, they did beat a good Georgia team. Uh, they beat Oklahoma once last year. Um, I feel like they've got more momentum heading forward. But this is the pressure, you know. Is, is Texas back? That's kind of been the whole thing for the last couple of years because it's weird not seeing them, you know, as a 10-win team. We'll see this year. I think that this is it. You know, the last couple of years have been kind of a test. You're looking, yeah, they could. They're they're a good team. They're winning seven, eight, nine, ten games, whatever. But now that you're up there, now that you've risen to a height, you've got to stay there. So so now the pressure is really on Texas. You either stay there or or you're heading back down. Where are you going? Uh, number six, I have Oklahoma. Another Big 12 school. So that kind of answers the question. Um, uh, Jeremy Kreitz, who's the guy who uh, had asked me to break down the Big 12. Texas, Oklahoma. That is your Big 12. There is is no others. Those are the two teams this year. That's the way way I see it. LSU, I have at number seven. Uh, They finished impressively over UCF. People can say UCF was a small school. Um, yeah, but they haven't lost in two years. So, you know, the LSU with Orgeron, they have been steadily getting better, but they do play in a tough conference. They're going to play a tough schedule. And, and look, LSU and Texas are going to, going to be right at the beginning of the season. We're going to find out some things about these two teams, um, really early on. So that's definitely going to change there. Uh, number eight, I have Georgia. Um, I said they did lose to Texas. It was not a very satisfying game for them at the end of the season. But at the same time, they did have a great season. Um, and, and Texas is a good team. Uh, they, they were a little underrated, I think, going into the game. 
Um, I think the SEC is generally overrated most of the time. But I put Georgia at number eight, number nine. And I hate I hated to do this, but I have Notre Dame number nine. And I have them number nine because, look, they were there. They were in the college football final, you know. I mean, they, they, they did everything they had to do. They won all their games. And people say, oh, well, they got blown out by Clemson. Well, you know what? Alabama did too. Uh, Clemson kind of blew everyone out. So just fall right in line. But I put them there. You know, um, they didn't finish the season on a high note, but they had a, you know, that was their blemish. And number 10, and this is kind of what I was touching on here earlier, is I'm putting UCF at number 10. Okay. Their only loss in the last two years was to LSU, a team that I have number seven in the country. So. Say what you want. They're number 10. If they want to make their way up, they win all their games, stay in there, give them a shot. There, there has to be a time where we, we say, look, one of these small schools actually can step up and, you know, they're probably not going to get into the college finals. They'll, they can finish five or whatever, you know. But, I mean, we're going to have to expand the playoffs eventually anyway. But you got to give these teams a chance. What What is the point and being a, a college football team, what's the point if you can't get to the highest? Like the NCAA men's basketball, you know, you can be anyone. You can be Loyola Marymount or whoever, you know, just a random small school. And you get your shot to win a championship, a national championship. And these in, in football, it doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. So you, these small schools don't even get the chance. Doesn't mean they would win, but they don't even get the chance to do it. Um, number eleven, which this is shocking to me. I have Kentucky because a lot of teams, a lot of uh, the polls that I've seen don't have Kentucky high at all. Um, I don't know. They just come off one of their best years and they beat Penn State in, in a bowl game. So I, I can't understand why Kentucky's getting no love at all. Um, Someone keep them there. You know they may slide back down, have a rough season, whatever. But, you know, for right now, the way the season ended, they were the 11th best team. Absolutely. Uh, Washington State at number 12, uh, very impressed. Uh, Leach, love him as a coach. Um, They're always going to put up big numbers. It it doesn't really matter. It seems like who they put back there, uh, they're going to find a way to score um, and be competitive. And the Pac-12, honestly, man, is just – it is down the Pac-12. I think, yeah, I think, wow, yeah, that Washington State is the only Pac-12 team I have in my top 25. At number 13 on the list, I have Texas A&M, who ended the season relatively high. There's uh, seems like the future is bright at Texas A&M. Um, I heard read a story earlier about how they're stepping out of Texas' shadow, which I don't quite know about that just yet. Um, I, th- I think that they actually are going to renew their rivalry, if not just in basketball. I'm not sure. Uh, I'd love to see Texas A&M and Texas play again in football. That was, you know, growing up a Texas fan, that was one of my favorite favorite games. So I do miss that seeing that. So here at number 14 is where I roll in Michigan. Uh, like I said, they, I mean, they ended the season getting blown out by Florida. So, uh, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot of impressive wins last year either, and, and they still haven't got over the Ohio State hump. Uh, this 
this year? Is this, is this the year to do it? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. So just mid pack. I mean, they're, they're a good team, but they're not, they're not there. They're not upper echelon team. They're just not. People want to get too carried away about Michigan. Uh, number 15. I like, uh, I like Penn state in that, in that slot. Uh, they lost Chase McSorley and they lost their last game of the year to Kentucky. So I've obviously got Kentucky ranked higher than them. I just don't understand some of these lists. At uh, number 16, a very tough-nosed team, uh, also a Big 12 school, Iowa State. Um, see, I don't, I don't think, I don't got them, they're not a team who's going who's gonna to win the Big 12, obviously, but, they, but they're a team that can ruin your season very easily. Uh, they, always, they, they always play tough. Uh, I can't remember his name. They do have a young quarterback who, who I watched last year a little bit and was good. Uh, another team that's not getting any love that I've got coming in at number 17 is Syracuse, who finished the season on a high note by, by rocking the Mountaineers in a bowl game. Um, so, all my fellow West Virginia fans, you can relive that experience with me, how Syracuse destroyed your team last year, and then Texas beat Georgia. Horns up. Anyway, number 18 on the list, I've got Northwestern, uh, who also finished the season on a high note. Um, yeah, you know, they're just big 10, big 10 football at its best, you know, uh, Michigan, Ohio state, Northwestern. It's the, they're kind of like the, uh, they're kind of like the, um, the Iowa state there with the big 12. It's like, they're not, they're not going to win the big 12, obviously more than likely. I mean, they may win their side of it, but you know, they're not actually going to win it, but they can definitely derail a season. Uh, they're, they're, they're a talented team. Hopefully they continue to move move forward. At number 19, I got Army because, man, they had an incredible season. Uh, they finished it off by blowing out Houston in a bowl game. And you look at they almost beat Oklahoma last year. I mean, that game went to overtime. That's, that's enough to, to rank uh, Army for me. Uh, I got them a, a, a step ahead of my number 20 team, who is Fresno State. They also ended the season with a win. Not getting a whole lot of love, but it's always – they're a team that basically their motto is they'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. Uh, love that motto. I've always liked Fresno State. Uh, tough team, 10-win team. Got them at number 20. Another 10-win team, smaller schools that we're going to get into at the bottom of this list here. And that and that's what I'm kind of getting at with the list is I want to rank teams – they finished the season strong, who not all of them are necessarily, um, you know, they, they may not be the top 25 teams in the country, but we'll find out. Right now, I'm putting them there. And then uh, what I'm doing is I'm putting a label on you. I put you here. You go prove yourself. Prove that you can climb the ladder. Utah State, I have at 21, as they were another 10-win team. Very impressive last year. Um... Team right behind them who didn't get a chance to play in the bowl game was Boise State. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where the future of Boise State is at, at the moment. They lost uh, uh, Ripken, quarterback, who was a four-year starter, so I'm not real sure. They usually find a way. Uh, I think they've established themselves now as a, as a place, a destination for kids, you know, who – who are actual recruits, you know, they, they have a lot of guys who 
who play in the NFL now. So, I mean, they've established themselves. You know, they're not just the Fiesta Bowl winners over Oklahoma. They're they're legit now. So, Boise State, number 22, I figure they'll find a way to still be pretty good. Uh, a team that I wasn't real impressed with, and but I, but I got them at 23, is uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats. They did, I believe... They did win the bowl game. I believe they played Virginia. Virginia Tech. Yeah. I think they yeah, they beat Virginia Tech in a bowl game in the season. I, I see a lot of people having Virginia Tech like high on the list. They on their, their list like top fifteen or whatever. How, how how do you justify putting Virginia Tech anywhere in the top twenty? They're not in my top twenty five. They finished the season on a loss. They they were like what, seven this is one like seven games last year? Get out of here. Cincinnati won ten games last year. Was not super impressive. They had close games against not great teams. They had a pretty soft schedule. But you know what? They had 10 wins. They won their ball game, and they beat everyone's beloved Virginia Tech Hokies for whatever reason. At number 24, another 10-win team. Continuing that theme is the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Uh, number 24, I think that was the first time – they're they're in the big leagues now. It used to be a what was known as the one double A. Uh, I don't even remember what know what it is now. Is it championship FCS football championship series is what they were or whatever. Now they're the FBS football bowl series or whatever it is. Um, Twenty four App State uh, again. They had ten win season and they destroyed someone in their bowl game. I forget who it was. Uh, and then my feel good story at number twenty five is a program who was actually gone but has came back, the University of Alabama-Birmingham Blazers, who came back in dramatic fashion and won 10 games last year. Like, this this program was gone. The football program was gone, and it was brought back, and they've made something of themselves now. So that's my top 25 list preseason. And like I said, it's going to change and it changed dramatically. My last, you know, 10 of these teams could lose or whatever. But you just switch it up. You change it every week. It doesn't matter. Like, it's like the big-name teams like Alabama could lose four times, and they'd still be in the top 10 somehow. Like, it, it's incredible the way that teams just do not get a shot uh, if they're winning. You know, soft schedule or not, that's that's who they have to play. Not everybody can play a hard schedule. I, you know, it's, it's – people – read too much into that but I mean we if we could just move this I, I people have said eight teams in the uh in the playoffs I've seen that a lot I don't know I'd really like to do 16 that that's just me but you know that's maybe years off or maybe never I, but I would really love to do, do 16 teams for a playoff but that's my top 25 list you got anybody that you disagreed with uh, I'll run through them again. And I usually do this when I do little lists or whatever. So number one, Clemson. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Ohio State. Four, I got Florida. Five, Texas. Six, Oklahoma. Seven, LSU. Eight, Georgia. Nine, Notre Dame. Ten, Central Florida. Eleven, Kentucky. Twelve, Washington State. Thirteen, Texas A and M. Fourteen, Michigan. Fifteen, Penn State. Sixteen, Iowa State. 17, Syracuse, 18, Northwestern, Army at number 19, Fresno State at 20, Utah State at 21, number 22, Boise State, 23, Cincinnati, 24, App State, 
and the UAB Blazers rounding it out top 25. All right, there's my college football spiel. I'm going to touch briefly on the uh, horns up dilemma. So last year, the West Virginia was playing Texas. I'm sure you guys all know about this already. And they, they West Virginia players had given the horns up or horns down uh, two players or whatever. And it was team taunting and a 15-yard flag was, was thrown. And West Virginia fans have just not shut up about it for an entire year. Uh, even though they won the game, they still can't shut up about the stupid horns up or down or whatever the the beef may be. But it was clarified that this was this was going to be penalized now if it's in the way of taunting. So if you were doing the horns down with your teammates or whatever, then you should be fine. That's the way that I understood it. But if you're doing it at the crowd, at the other players at the coaches, at, you know, somebody's mother or whatever you're doing, then you're going to get flagged for that. And look, I'm, I'm a Texas fan. I, I don't agree with a lot of these 15 yard penalties for much, you know, taunting, celebrating. I think it's part of football, you know, do what you got to do. Just play the game. You know, I, this is, this is not the game to me. So, I don't know if Texas players had gotten their feelings hurt. I didn't see that. It just seemed like that was a situation as to where the the refs were saying, okay, this is getting a little testy because the games between Texas and West Virginia have been a little chippy. Um, Even in the media, they've talked a little smack to each other. So, you know, maybe that's just a way to stop it, but it just goes in the way of taunting. They make these rules. They make, you're not allowed to, flex at someone anymore you're not allowed to stand over someone when you tackle them you're not allowed to you know pat them on the helmet i don't know you're not allowed to do anything anymore so this is just another one of those rules but they tried to amend it to make it to where you know you just can't do it disrespectfully so that that's what i've heard i guess we'll see how the season plays out i hope that everyone gives the horn downs horns down to every every texas player and we get a bunch of 15 yard penalties that's what i hope anyway that's my take. So, moving on, UFC 242. Um, I've been watching a lot of UFC today. Uh, just like old school UFC, Fedor, and all the old classic knockouts, and even stumbled on the oh gosh, the Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz uh, third fight, which just depresses me horribly. Um, and there's one thing that I, I've kind of realized about the state of the UFC as it is now, because like I used to be a huge fan and like, it would be so easy. Like I could do shows and shows and shows upon this. I could, I could talk for days about UFC, but nowadays it's, it's hard for me because I don't, I don't follow it as closely as I used to. But, um, I think it's just because the big names aren't there anymore, or maybe they're just not big names to me. But like, I grew up and it seemed like, these guys were like superheroes, you know, and, and now there's just so many fighters. It's hard to, it's hard to keep track of everyone and, and, and to even view it all. But like, so I haven't really gotten too excited. Like, and, I, and I'll, and I'll be one of those guys. I'm a Conor McGregor fan. I like him as a person. I like, I like to watch him fight. And like, I like his style, everything about him. I like him. Um, 
I was super pumped for the Khabib uh, fight with Connor, you know, and, and Khabib did, you know, what he should have done. He, he destroyed him. Connor wasn't wasn't meant to be in that ring. He shouldn't have been in that in the octagon with him. And, and it showed. Uh, Khabib is, I mean, the the guy's insane. I, he's he's uh, he's on a different level wrestling wise. Um, his striking's good. He's not a uh, he's not a dominant striker though. He's not a guy who's who's knocking a lot of people out. Um, but he's gonna hit you. He's gonna make you feel it. Uh, the guy Dustin Poirier, who which I didn't know a whole lot about going in, uh, but it, but I definitely I watched a lot on him today as well just kind of boning up on him because he can kind of come out of nowhere to me like like i said it's hard to follow these guys you know there's someone new coming up every day who, who thinks they should be the champ uh khabib has proven that he he deserves to be where he is and dustin obviously has too his last four fights have come against uh former champs and he's won them all so he's beat some good guys um he but here, here's my thing, and like, from what I've seen of him, he's a really good striker, but I don't know about his power, to be perfectly honest, because I see him like really hitting people, and he hits people a lot, but he's not dropping a lot of people, um, like, he, he's finished some fights, don't get me wrong, he can, he, he can finish a fight, but I've seen Khabib take a punch, uh, the guy like, has never bled in his life, I don't even know if he has blood in his body, but I don't think I don't think that, that Poirier can can knock out Khabib. Like I can't imagine that happening. But I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting fight. And and for one, they're both guys who like to who like to stay who like to go on the attack, if you will. And so it's going to be interesting to see. Which guy maybe takes a back seat, lets the other guy come to him, or if they just go toe to toe, which is what I hope happens, and then we see who's got the best stamina, or if someone gets caught and gets knocked out. See, because I will say Dustin seems like he has a pretty good jaw. I've seen him take some punches, he delivers them. I mean, he'll stand in there toe to toe with you. Uh, Khabib, I wouldn't probably advise him to do that, stand in there with him. Uh, I mean, he probably won't either. I believe he said he was going to tap him out. It's probably going to be his best bet is to is to is to ground and pound him, and and he gets him in that uh, what's that like that butterfly hold where he locks one leg, well, locks one arm, and then has the other arm pinned down, and then he's just free to you know drop bombs on on, on the guy's face. Like <laughs> that's like one of the coolest moves in, in UFC. Uh, but I'm really, really pumped for this fight. This, it's like I haven't been too into many fights, but like Khabib's interesting, uh, and and Poirier's all right. But he, he doesn't really strike me the, exactly the way Khabib does. He's a, just a fun guy. He's like McGregor. Like I'm just like constantly like, when is McGregor gonna fight again? Uh, but if I had to pick a decision in this, uh, I'll take Khabib with man. I want to say Khabib in a decision, but like five rounds is a lot. Uh, if it goes to the decision, I take Khabib for sure. Um, he may choke him out. Fourth round. How about the fourth round? And he gets him, submits him. Fourth round. Uh, Khabib wins. Uh, we'll go with that. Uh, man. But yeah, I just do. I miss the old UFC. Man, I miss uh, some of the really good wars. 
It, it, it doesn't seem like you get a lot of those anymore. You get a lot of one-punch knockouts and guys getting caught, man. Maybe, maybe guys are just stronger now. I have no idea. But, like, it's, it just seems like guys back in the day, man, they used to just stand toe-to-toe with each other and just throw bombs. And I don't know. You see those every once in a while, but I feel like they're fewer and far between. Maybe I just need to watch more UFC. I don't know. I'm kind of making the, making an effort to – it's like the older I get, the more I like hockey. Uh, the older I get, like – Maybe I'll start liking UFC. I just like watching people get their faces bashed in the older I get. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's my little take on 242. I'll take a B fourth round. Um, yeah, man. I just uh, do. I miss I miss the old UFC. Might watch some more before I pass out tonight as we're rolling up on 1230. So you guys will hear this in the morning. If I post it now, nobody will ever see it. And they'll be like, oh, did you make a podcast? And I'll be like, yeah, I did. I just posted it at 1 in the morning, and nobody's awake but me at that time. So anyway, that's all I got for this week. Um, I'll, I'll drop something else. You know, as always, just let me know what you guys want to hear, and I'll, I'll talk about it. You know, I don't just, just talk randomly and then... You know, maybe you guys don't want to hear that stuff. Uh, I want to do what you want to hear. So that's another episode for Matt and Mike. This is Matt signing off.